Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. <laughs> you guys, welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. Welcome back to the Money Mindset series. We are in the last episode. First, I just want to start by acknowledging you. If you have run through all five episodes, I'm guessing you're a money master now. You probably downloaded the new budgeting form and all of that fun stuff. So thank you for taking this ride. Thank you for walking this journey with us of mastering your money, looking at it, being with it, and ultimately shifting your money relationship and circumstances. So we are back for this final episode to talk about money mastery, and we're going to turn it up a little bit. Today is a party. It's Friday. Well, at least it's a Friday fill up. So if you're listening on release day, thank you for being a loyal listener. Whenever you're listening, it is time to celebrate and it's time to talk about winning and having fun with money. And I would love to welcome back our money coach, Michelle Schween. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Is there anything you'd love to say to our fans, our listeners for making it to episode five? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, money uh, mastery takes work. And so if you're here, it means you're interested in putting in the work. So I applaud you. Yes. I applaud you. Yes. Beautiful. We're going to dive right in and talk about this because again, celebratory, this is about all of the things that we've been talking about finally coming together and being able to operate with fluidity and be empowered and excited about money. And this is a true shift. It's a commitment. And Michelle, you mentioned in the last episode, how budgeting, getting a flow with budgeting takes somewhere around three months. Like it's not an overnight thing. This takes commitment. It takes vision. It takes consistency. But I think once we start to see that vision uh, kind of pan out and manifest, like it gets a little more fun and a little bit more exciting and, and even a little bit more playful. What do you see in that? Because you've been working with people with money for a lot longer. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It, it can become more of more of a fun thing. And you start to see, oh, if I shave this off over here, maybe I can pay off a little bit more. And it almost becomes a game. I One thing that um, a lot of times I'll have people do if they're struggling with it all is you can make a thermometer. Some people will post it on their refrigerator and they'll, you know, start with their debt and they'll mark it off each month to show, you know, how much they've accomplished. You know, sometimes it takes those rewards or those, those visual um, cues to remind us that, you know, it takes hard work, but I'm doing it and look at how much I've accomplished. You know, yes. sometimes... Sometimes we need those reminders because it can get hard. It's not easy slogging through debt payments and all that. You know, it can it can get to the point sometimes where you're like, oh, forget it. I'm just gonna go and spend money and do what I want. But you know, um, the hard work really pays off. So sometimes yeah. we need those little reminders and those little celebrations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're really, um, you know, pointing at that, having like, a, it sounds like a functional relationship with money and the empowerment. Because I remember when I figured out my consolidation plan, it was a three-year plan. And I'll tell you what, year one was just not that inspiring. It was like you said, slogging. Like I definitely like, ugh, yeah, ugh, like everyone's <laughs> just yeah. whatever one month closer. And, but now I'm in, you know, the back end of that couple months left. And I am just so, I'm so grateful to past Abigail. And yes. so we're going to, we're actually going to teach a couple, uh, you know, healthy money practices, some inspirational stuff today. We're going to talk about that. But one thing I want to talk about is like, when I really did start to get a grip on money, there was a part of me that wanted to like almost micromanage it or wanted to like cause something to happen a little faster, kind of like that three-year repayment plan. Like, okay, like I saw the game, but I wanted to get through year one faster than I could. So I just had to just be patient. And when it came to budgeting, you know, I talked to Michelle about having three to six months of savings, but I was still creating a consistent income. I was still paying off debt. And what started to happen was I was actually giving myself a new kind of anxiety. And I, I want to say this to normalize it because when we don't know what we don't know, and 
when you stay stuck in one spot, that's the kind of anxiety. But when I, then I started saving and budgeting and it made a lot of sense, but I, then I wanted to get ahead faster because I felt more in control and empowered around money. But when I would think about three to six months out, Meaning, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, as a speaker, I know most of my travel for the year. I know um, when I have events, I know when I need to buy plane tickets. And so like, I would think about, you know, I'm going to New York in six months. I need to be able to afford a $700 ticket. Oh, 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 oh my God. You know? And so like, I would sort of freak out about that. And so I had to actually play a game with myself for a little while where I didn't let myself think more than, you know, one month at a time or two months at a time, meaning I changed kind of my bank accounts around to where I had all of my bills coming out of the same bank account. And I, I needed, let's say 1500 in that, but at the beginning of the month, and, and that was good. And so it, there were these little inches of progress that had to occur to stay kind. And we're going to talk about the relationship with money, but Michelle, I'd love to, you know, open it up and say, ask if you have anything to share about that, that phase or what you see there. Well, the one thing that I loved about you, and you came up with a lot of these things on your own. Um, so it wasn't wasn't me guiding you, but like your, she came up with the idea of she knew that she had annual renewals that were kind of expensive and they kind of all happened at the same time every year. So she knew like, okay, come April, I have to pay the tax guy to prepare my taxes and my website renews and I have this big insurance premium due. And so we came up with a, a plan where in her budget, we we divided, we added all those things up for the year. We divided it by the 12 months and we started putting away in a separate bank account every month, a little bit of money so that when those annual renewals came, she could just pull from that account. And it was like, oh, this is so smart. You took away that like, oh gosh, you know, in six months I have the such and such that's going to come due. It eliminated that. So it got you thinking on a monthly basis instead of fearing, oh gosh, in six months, I've got this huge payment due. Mm -hmm. It was just a smaller monthly little bite. We we broke it down into bite-sized pieces, really. And you put it in a separate account that you you know was hard to get to and you just didn't touch it until those payments were due. So smart, so smart. And so helpful because like the overwhelm went away. Like you said, instead of thinking of coming up with 800 that month, which for the first, you know, I would say three years of my business, that's what I was doing is coming up with seeing it that month, coming up with it that month. And, um, it was, and, and this year has been different too, because here I did go ahead and I did go ahead and save all that. And I didn't have to actually pull from it. I would, you know, my, my, bank account was good where it was. And I was able to just say, I'm just going to cover it, leave it in savings. It'll either roll over to next year or it'll go towards taxes and to even be able to pay taxes in full and not delay or anything like that. How did that feel? How did that feel? I'll tell you what, you guys, it is March 12th. It's Friday, March 12th. And on Thursday, March 11th, I just wrote check after check after check for taxes in full and it was such a self-love practice. So that's what I, I, I would love to say that because when you commit to the work, this is like the inner work for transformation. When you commit to the money work and management, the self-love, like, good job, Abigail. Good job, past Abigail. Like, thanks for setting yourself up for success. And then we were talking, we touched on it in the last episode is like, when we handle this stuff, we are also freed up to be the professional that we are. I got to be a coach 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Thursday. And like that, I don't have time exactly. Like I don't have the headspace or the heart space to be budgeting to, you know what I mean? Like it's pre-done. I devote days to that and I'm able to do my work in a free way, in a loving way, in a, in a present manner, because I'm not concerned about hitting a bill at the end of the month. And the freedom there is unmatched. And you're doing it all with way less anxiety. That heaviness on your shoulders is gone because it's, yeah. you know, it's going to be taken care of. You know that the money is there for those future, whatever payments they are, you know, the money's already there. It's yeah. taken care of. Yeah. And I can only imagine that must be an amazing feeling of it just is. freedom. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and you inspire me too, because one, you're great at savings and you've shared some of your own successes. And I just think it's, it's brilliant and it's, it's motivating. And, and also, um, I would say, you know, something that I really love, not just about this series and about working with you and about what we're creating in the money mastery course, but normalizing the conversation around money and, being able to dream really big dreams because telling someone I have a, I want to make, be making millions of dollars, like isn't for all ears, right? Like it's, it can be triggering for someone who doesn't have a healed relationship with money. And, you know, I remember both of us setting goals with each other or sharing our dreams and sharing our successes. And, and it just makes a huge difference and impact. And, and so um, I'd love to shift over into that functioning relationship with money and creating that, environment that supports winning with money and success with money. So, you know, what are some of your favorite money? Like you mentioned the thermometer. Do you have any other really favorite money practices or maybe even hacks? I don't know. Not so much hacks, but um, I do have a couple of money things that I always tell people to to go and do. Um, right off the bat, I always have people go through your house, find all your gift cards, find all your change. Um, I know it seems silly, but gather up all those pennies, go through your couch, find your pennies, go through old purses, find, you know, there's a dollar hiding somewhere for you. And to gather it all up and number one, go spend those gift cards, you know, show the universe that you care about the money that you have. Say thank you to the universe for these few pennies that you found in old purses. Um, I think there's something, I don't know, magical that happens when you thank the universe for what you've got and be grateful for what you've got. Um, So that's always kind of a fun one. And that's something you can involve your kids with, you know, help me go through all the mom's old purses and let's see what we can find or let's go through dad's pants pockets. You know, it's kind of a fun exercise. Um, The other thing, I think it's always really good to know your why. Like, why is it important to get your money mastered, you know, what would it feel like to have three to six months of your income in savings? Um, What would it feel like to have your debt paid off? What would you do with the money that you put towards debt every month if you had the debt paid off? You know, once you can start to see those whys, um, it makes the whole process a lot less painful. You know, when you, when you're in Target and you've got your stuff on the conveyor belt that you're about to buy and you look at it and think, oh, you know what, this doesn't really align with my, like, do I really need this? Probably not. And you think about that, why, why it's important to you to get that debt paid off. It's much easier to curb your spending and stay within your budget when you've got, a, you know, a solid reason of why you want, want to get that debt paid off. The other thing, you know, I like to um, come up with like goals and um, journaling. You know, there's there's always like I try to picture what my life would be like if I reach those goals. You know, like what would I look like or what would our life look like if we didn't have any debt? What would that look like? Would that mean that I wouldn't have to work as many hours in my business? Maybe I can go to part time and maybe I could pursue some hobby. You know, again, it's kind of getting back to the why you're why you're doing all this. And all those things really help make it less of a slog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, yeah, it, like it can be fun in the process. Like, yeah. you know, even in that year one, I I tried my best to celebrate some victories or, you know, you told me, you're like, you paid off this much debt in a year. And we had like a New Year's party about it. I think it was like $29,000 or something. It was, Yeah. of debt in a year. And I I remember saying like, I don't remember seeing $29,000 come in and out, you know, not really, not when it's $500 at a time or something. And so that was cool too. Like remembering to celebrate and doing some addition, some basic math, like you mentioned, I really love visuals. Visuals keep me going. Like I think the thermometer is great. Um, I always like looking at trackers or I, now I really enjoy logging into my bank account or, um, even my debt repayment, like, you know, capital one, cause my car is there. And so I'll like log in and see what's left after a couple of payments and things like that. But there are a couple other visuals that 
um, I think are really beneficial, like on the daily. When you mentioned um, being out and about and tempted to eat out or tempted to grab that thing that's not aligned with your budget or whatever is, I like having my phone background be something that reminds me, especially if I'm really, you know, that goes for any goal or it goes for and, and who I'm going to be, right? Like, so um, I wrote at one point, like making money is fast, easy and effortless. And, and I had that on my phone and it was just there all the time. And so those are, I really like the visuals. Another thing you can do is change all your passwords. To something like if your goal is to make six figures a year, then change your password to, you know, something having to do with six figures or, you know, so that every time you're typing it in, you're making that connection with your brain to your goal. Mm, Um, I love that. Cause how many times do we log in that reinforcing? (laughs) Yes. I also, you mentioned around going around the house, which by the way, last night, as I was writing checks, I pulled two gift cards out. I'm like, I probably need to spend the $3 left on these. So going to yep. go get a discount on a lunch somewhere. Um, <laughs> and then um, I actually strategically place dollar bills in visual spots. So like in my um, bathroom medicine cabinet behind where my um, Q-tips sit uh, is like a dollar bill just sitting right there. And I it, see it every day. And it's just this little like peep. And then um, for myself, I didn't um, start this intentionally, actually. Uh, when I went through a coach, my coach training program, we had this exercise where we had to take three single dollar bills. And on our lunch hour, we went and gave them away. Our job was to go give the $3 away individually and then also come back with $3, but not with the same $3. So we had to practice giving money away for no reason. And we had to practice asking for money for no reason. I'll tell you what, that afternoon was the most interesting afternoon of our coach training program I ever witnessed. People were spiraling out of control (laughs) because of this exchange. (laughs) I love it. I love that exercise. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times it's hard for us to accept money. Mm. A lot of times we're the first one to grab the bill and pay for somebody's lunch. I, I will a lot of times challenge people to, you know, just sit back and let's see, allow somebody else for once to pick up the bill. It's sometimes it's hard to accept money from other people. We feel that, you know, there's such weird, um, I don't know, weird, weird things about money that we, that we place on it that don't have to be there. It's okay to let somebody else pick up the tab or buy you coffee every once in a while. You don't have to be the one to always offer. That must've been a really fun exercise. I like that one. Fun would be a relative term for it, but, um, but I would say it was very effective. And then, so I actually kept that, those specific $3. I I really, um, I'm, I was uncomfortable with money. I didn't really have a healthy relationship, but I do like a good competition. So I, I did, I did it good. I did it right. You know? And so I come back with these $3, I'm all pumped up. I turned it into a game and then I, I kept those $3 in my wallet for quite some time. And then I just happened to have this frame that was a three picture frame. And so I put those dollars in each picture slot and it sat there. I had that for probably two years or so traveled with me to California. And then I started working with you and I had realized like, the single dollar bills don't belong in there anymore. I'm not a single dollar bill gal. The first change I think was a five and a 10 and a 20. And then, you know, I've been growing, I'm paying off the debt and I'm asking for more money. You know, I'm receiving more money because you're, you were spot on with the the receiving part. Like we just can't make money if we can't receive it. And so um, then that changed to a 20 and a 50 and a hundred. Now I think there's two hundreds and a 50. And uh, my fiance, Timothy asked, he's like, why isn't it three hundreds yet? And I'm like, the frame tells me when it's time to change the bills. And, and I'll just wait till I get the cue because essentially that's the max out. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, beautiful exercise personally. And I let that hang somewhere in my visual every day, all the time. I love that work. I love that one too. Um, You know, going back to receiving money. So I've got a really good story about this. Um, There's this chiropractor in town that my daughter and I will go to every once in a while. And, um, you know, we haven't seen him in a long time. And my daughter was in a bunch of pain and we couldn't get into this other woman that we'll see sometimes. So I called him up 
kind of out of the blue. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can I can rearrange, you know, I can get my my ex-wife to drop off the kids to school instead of me doing it. And he rearranged his whole morning just to get my daughter in before she had to go to school. And I was like, man, you know, wow, what's this going to cost me? But I didn't care. I was willing to pay. Right. So we get there and he does the adjustment for her. And I said, OK, how much do I owe you? And he says, oh, only forty dollars. I was like, forty dollars that's it? Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, just $40. And so I, I paid him the $40 and I just, I went home and I didn't feel right about it. And, and you could tell by his office that he was not doing as great as he could be. It, it looked a little, I don't know, not shabby, but it looked a little run down and like things needed to be taken care of. And I thought, man, this guy just, he's giving away his service. He's not charging what he deserves. He could have charged me triple that and I would have gladly paid it. He rearranged his schedule and his children to come and help my daughter. So I got a bunch of money out of the bank and um, a bunch of cash and I put it in an envelope and I wrote him a letter and I said, you know what? You serve and you deserve. And I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we feel like, oh, it's, you know, they're not going to want to pay that and I shouldn't charge that much. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not an expert. I, you know, I haven't gone to college for this. So I, I can't charge what the other people are charging. No, you serve and you deserve. You provide a service and you deserve to be paid for that service. So I took that letter, I put it under his door and left it for him. And a few months later, I went to see him and things were looking a little better in his office. And I said, okay, you know, what do I owe you for today? And I think that time it was $75. And I was like, all right, he's getting it. He's, you got to realize that you provide a service and you deserve to be paid for that service. And it's okay to accept money for the skills that you have and that you've honed and that you are sharing with other people, it's okay to receive money. And I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes we have a hard time with that. And I'm so glad you shared it because probably most of like our upbringing and conditioning would say something otherwise. But like the first time you said it gave me just like chills, like you serve, you deserve, like by breathing, you deserve. Like, I think so much, I was just on a call with a client yesterday. She's like, she's been a photographer, an established one for two years. And the reason I say that is because she's like, I still got to get better. I still got to earn it. I still, you know, I'm still a beginner. And it's like, no, when are you, when, when, what is the measurement of good enough? How many more courses? How many more this? How many more uh, clients? Whatever. And it's like, so, so valuable. So, so important. And so thank you for bringing that because I know like, like a, a, probably a great example, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit too, is, you know, moms, moms serve and they like, maybe they don't feel like they have the right to spend money or, you know, different things like at, at every, I mean, I think we could probably go through every different lifestyle and find you serve, you deserve, right? But we also can find where we don't or are unwilling to receive. Is there anything you'd love to maybe say to what We have a lot of, lot of mamas listening. Uh, I, I don't know if you might have any perspective on that. No, I, you know, I think I definitely had my years where I stayed at home and wasn't working and I was, you know, raising our daughter and yeah, I didn't feel like I deserved to spend any money or, you know, go have my hair done. It wasn't until I started working part-time where I felt like, okay, now I'm contributing. I don't know why as moms, we feel like by staying home and not earning an income that we're not contributing. Mm -hmm. um, I used to have conversations with my husband about like, you know, you go to work and you get like a, a review every year and they tell you things that you're doing really well. And I, I remember telling him at one point, I'm like, I'm a, I stay at home all day with the kid. I, I don't, there's no review telling me, Hey, thanks for doing all the laundry or, you know, you're doing a really good job. And I, I was like, you know, I kind of need to hear that every once in a while. So I think, yeah, it's really easy to, feel like we don't deserve to spend or that we don't deserve in some way as moms. I think the other thing that I thought of while you were speaking was, I think as entrepreneurs, there's always that, um, you know, that feeling that like, maybe I don't have an, like, I'm not a CPA. I'm not a trained CPA. So there's, for me personally, there's always that thought in the back of my mind, like, oh, maybe I need to take some other certification class, or maybe I need to take this course or that course, or I need to sign up with this coach or that. 
no, you already know everything you need to know. Mm. Um, at some point, another class isn't going to teach you anything more. At some point, you got to just go, okay, I'm okay to start right now where I am. I think, you know, a lot of times we have ideas of businesses that we want to start, but we're fearful that we don't know enough or we don't look the right way or we don't sound the right way or, or whatever. And I think at some point you got to just take the leap and, yeah. and do it. So, yeah. Uh, I think for the most part, we have our quote unquote reasoning for not like we need to go get a new, the getting ready to get ready to get ready to get here I go here I go here no that no, oh here we go again and so like uh, it's mostly that staying safe but also um, we are often fighting our not enoughness and I think you know hearing that you're pointing out that and I think it's just important to see is. It, it, you 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 can go go ahead and I actually oftentimes have clients announce I am an expert in my field five times I am an expert in my field I am an expert in my field and that way it's like okay are you now can you go get paid please <laughs> you know quit spending money to get prepared and just go do it yeah. yes yeah. right all the money you're spending you could be making <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah I think it's beautiful and um I think also you know let's talk about getting paid. Let's talk about hitting milestones and actually the goals that we set. And, um, you know, the, I, I think that it's really important because earlier, I think it was like number two episode on here, we were talking about the top 10 mistakes you're making with money. So if this happens to be the first episode of the series you're hearing, go start it over, go listen to all of them. But we talked about retail therapy. But I'd like to talk about like celebrating milestones and like significant treats or acknowledgements of your successes. Like you taught me mostly about this. So I'd really like to turn it over to you first because I was frugal to the point of like self-deprivation, right? Like wouldn't buy myself new socks sometimes or, you know, really wouldn't eat out. And, and you really like gently encouraged me it's okay. Go ahead. That's, that's my best yeah, Michelle because <laughs> It can be such a slog to, to, you know, just do exactly like you said, like almost depriving yourself of other things so that you can pay off that debt. Well, you know, that is only going to last so long. You're only going to stick with that for so long if you don't celebrate some little milestones along the way. Maybe it's, maybe you celebrate getting half of your debt paid off on one of your credit cards or, and it doesn't have to be, you know, some lavish, you know, weekend getaway. It can be just a simple, you know, go and buy yourself a new nail polish and do your nails or take a hot bath and light candles. Do something nice for yourself to celebrate the work that you've done because it is, it's hard work. So if you're not celebrating a little bit along the way, that work can feel 10 times harder. So I think it's definitely important to celebrate. Yeah, that's so good. And I like how you said celebrations don't have to break the bank, right? Like I summarized, but um, that it doesn't have to be super expensive. And for me, you know, being from Indiana, I think that like a $20 meal is expensive, you know, especially if it's a, something to go or, but I love Thai food and I also love a burger made for me. And so like those were always wonderful celebrations in my mind as like on a Friday or a Saturday, taking the afternoon and going to enjoy a meal made for me. And also one of my other favorite things is like, again, I'm a visual person. So I love me some tchotchkes or some trinkets. And when I remember my first $10,000 month was I went and bought a shirt and like, this is my $10,000 shirt. I, I might've mentioned that earlier in the series, but you know, some are like a, um, just like a, a buying a mug. I love buying mugs too, that represent things. And, and so there's just these like little things again, it, it might be a $6 mug <laughs> and it represents making $6,000 or paying off $6,000. Like that, it was just always so beneficial. So I think that, you know, we have to look into our own lives about what a real self-treat would be. Cause I mean, really one day it was actually going to buy new socks, bras, and underwears all at the same time. And maybe I spent 150 bucks and I was like, Whoa, you know, but you said this about getting help in the last episode, you know, you might pay someone a hundred dollars an hour for your coaching or support, but that hundred dollars can lead to a hundred thousand dollars. 
because you've invested, like that is a true investment. And I just think it's so valuable because those are significant treats or like the $70 that I spend on a massage every month helps me feel relaxed in a way that I can go coach for 70 hours, you know, and, and that feels good. And it feels very intentional. I think that would be, you know, my cue about a significant treat or celebration is that it's intentional. The last thing I want to add about that is we, there is an episode I just recorded. It is in season four. It's called Solidifying Success in the Subconscious Mind. And I actually teach a little bit about the difference between the scarcity mindset and the abundance mindset and being able to solidify it is safe to be successful. It is safe to be abundant. It is safe to get paid. It is okay. It is allowed. And so I would love to encourage uh, folks to go listen to that episode as well because I think it's really powerful. Michelle, is there anything you'd love to add about significant treats and milestone celebrations? I think just like you said, it's just, it's so important and it, and it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It actually almost allows you, it's weird, but um, go back to Target again, where you're at Target and you are rewarding yourself in some way with this retail therapy. It allows you to kind of not do that because you know, like, if I meet this milestone, I have this treat waiting for me or this celebration waiting for me. So it makes the like daily, like we don't need to be rewarded daily for our hard work, really. Um, you can wait until that you reach that significant milestone and then treat yourself. And so it makes some of those things that you're cutting out along the way a little easier. So yeah, it doesn't have to be extravagant, but it's so important. Yes. And you want to know something that's funny, which um, I, my relationship with caffeine goes on and off and, and however that is. But, you know, when I, when we were starting the budget and I saw that I was spending like 25 bucks every two weeks for Starbucks, uh, it was like, it was time to cut it out of the budget. And then when I started making money again, I remember that that was an active choice. I'm like, I want to incorporate Starbucks again because I had really hit a new consistent baseline. You know, it is a luxury, but it's also such a treat. And, and like, I'm so present to the reward of like every sip of Starbucks is a reward to me. So like, it really amps me up to keep going. It made you appreciate it more. Whereas before yeah. it was just this habit that you didn't even, it was just you're on autopilot. You're just doing it. You just yep. do it every week and it's no big deal. But once you cut it out and then put it back when you can actually afford it, it you realize it and you you appreciate it so much more. That's, yep. that's the thing. I think a lot of times we do, we get on autopilot and we just spend and without even really having any gratitude for what we're spending things on or spending our money on. Um, so yeah, I think getting in that that gracious mindset, being grateful for what we have and doing things with more intention is really important. Yeah. Well, and that actually kind of starts, that transitions us into our next topic, which is evidence of all of this working, right? Like to be able to reincorporate Starbucks was definitely evidence of like, again, new baseline. Okay. And so, um, you know, we have a few different notes here for evidence of money mastery in action. You're doing it. You're just living money empowered. And that looks like a few different things, like having a savings and, and paying down debt and actually sticking to a plan. But we're, I want to talk about sticking to a plan for a moment because um, it was what, what, I, what I was just saying is like, I would be so stringent that I was like denying myself. And, and yes, it might've been really important for three to six months to crack down right? Crack down, shift it up. But then it that did produce results and my income grew. And so I, I want to talk about like revisiting or making tweaks as we go and, and what you see, because you've definitely guided me through that. Because I think like, I remember wanting to pay like $60,000 of debt in six months. And like, you're like, eh, pause it there. I don't know about that. Let's like make that a little bit more realistic. Let's make that a little less stressful. And so, um, you know, I might've been strict for four, three to six months. And then to allow myself to like take a breather or let's revisit budget because now things are changing. What would you love to share about that? Cause I, you know, so that we don't get too hyper-focused. Yeah. I think it's really important to do an analysis of your budget each month. Like maybe each month you sit down and you go, okay, where am I in this budget? And 
Are there things that maybe, like maybe you realize, oh, I'm really not spending that much on food every month. You know, what I have budgeted is too high. Or maybe, you know, it's just not realistic for me to only be spending that much on food. Maybe I need to bump it up and maybe I need to lower something over here. So I think it's good to always be revisiting your budget and always taking a look and always making those adjustments and tweaks. And once you start paying off debt too, I mean, that that opens things up as well because it allows you to throw more money at the next debt and and maybe, you know, put more money in savings. So I think it is good to, you know, there is such a thing as setting it and forgetting it. But at the same time, I think you've always kind of got to be revisiting it and coming back and making sure that you're still on the right path with it and make tweaks as necessary. You know, something that landed for me when you were sharing was like, There's, you know, there's entrepreneurs who may have a pretty fluid income, and then there's the people who have a fixed income. And I love working with people who have fixed income because I ask for their numbers nowadays. Like, I'm not afraid to be a money coach either. It's like, it's kind of crazy and awesome. But when I'm working with entrepreneurs or whatever, it's like, okay, what's your bare bones budget? What do you need to be bringing in? That kind of question. And when people have a fixed income, it's like, well, this is what I do bring in. And then I say, what's your bare bones budget? Because I'm like, are you accruing debt each month? Are you not matching? Because like, now let's look at a side hustle or let's look at where that extra money can be coming from. And so I really enjoy that piece because even, you know, if someone's listening from a fixed budget and they're thinking like, yeah, this is, you know, this is for entrepreneurs or that's not me, right? It's not true. Like we don't, we don't know where our money can come from, you know, especially when we're not really looking at it. And so if we see that, wow, I'm consistently coming up $500 short every month, where can I be making 500 bucks? It might not always be about cutting it out of the budget. It might be about adding it to the income. Yeah. I mean, there's only one of two problems you can have. You can either have a spending (laughs) problem or an income problem. I mean, really when it comes down to it. So um, yeah, I mean, maybe that's the point where you need to pick up a side hustle. Maybe you just cannot cut another darn thing from your budget. And so maybe it's time to start looking at, you know, what can I do to bring in more income? Maybe Maybe we need to sell some things. Maybe we need to get out of that expensive car payment every month and buy a used car that we can afford forward and not have a payment. It's little things like that where it's not just for the entrepreneur. It's really for anybody and everybody. And I actually love something that you said a long time ago. I remember furiously writing it down. More money means more budgeting. (laughs) It does. It just means more budgeting. You know, you got to tell that money where to go and what to do for you so that it can. Because if yeah. not, it, it's not going to be working for you. The only yep. money that you have to work for you is is your income. Yep. So, and I, I really like that context. More money, more budgeting, more than our normal in-text, uh, context of more money, more problems, right? Like we got to get rid of the disempowering conversation. And, and then, you know, I know that that was a healthy me that said that because she was winning with money. She's doing the thing. And, and so, you know, more evidence of it working is like, again, having a savings is a great evidence of your money game transforming, right? Uh, paying down debt, maybe getting out of debt completely. And uh, y'all, if you get out of debt, like I'll pull a Dave Ramsey. If you make a poster that says that you got out of debt and how much you paid off and how long, I will post it. I will celebrate. It'll be in my story and we'll share it. And so like there is, you should celebrate paying down debt, obviously sticking to a plan like we've been talking thoroughly about. And another, you know, emotional piece of evidence of it working is that your anxiety is lower. Like Michelle was kind of reflecting about myself is there's that confidence, there's that self-love, there's that peace of mind and different things like that. And then there's two other really key pieces, which I definitely value the three to six months of savings. I can't tell you how well I sleep at night knowing I have savings. Like I remember uh, when I didn't and not only was I afraid of hitting bills, but I was afraid of having to ask for help. And it's not so much around the ask for help or the, the willingness to receive it. It's like, I'm a grown woman support yourself, (laughs) do it. Like you don't get to call mom and dad. You don't get to take out another loan. Just do what there is to do and be who there is to be to function with money. And three to six months savings is so powerful. Even just to know you have it, you don't even have to plan to use it. But I just think that it's so powerful. How do you uh, feel about that, Michelle? Or what would you like to say about that? 
I think, you know, the pandemic has really shown us just how important it is to have money in savings for just that, for three to six months. And it, it could be just three to six months of your basics, your very basics, you know, your, your rent or your mortgage so that you have a roof over your head, food and your basic utilities, and maybe your car and your phone. Those are the things that you really need to survive, right? And I think... Um, that's the thing that I really saw as, as a bookkeeper, as a money coach. I really thought about that a lot with the pandemic is there's so many people out there that can't afford a $400 emergency. How are they going to afford to keep themselves afloat during a pandemic when maybe they've lost their job or they've been furloughed or, I, I mean, it's just, it's been a really difficult time. And I think, um, it's evidence of how important it is to have a cushion to fall back on. How much easier would it have been for those people who lost their jobs or were furloughed to have been able to go, okay, well, at least I've got the next three to six months of my very basic expenses covered. I mean, I think their anxiety level would have been way, way lower. Um, so it's just, it's so important. And I know it just seems like, yeah, yeah, that's for somebody else. You know, maybe that's not for me. I can barely afford to pay the bills that I have now, but it's just so important. It's an important goal to be working towards. Yes, yes. And I think that there's a few really important pieces in what you said and specifically around like when you have an emergency, like being laid off or furloughed, and you have that three to six months money, you have the mind to recover, like to bounce back, to get back into action, right? Because that's an emotional toll, not just the money issue. You're out of work. Like now you're problem solving from a place of urgency and lack or scarcity and need that is not going to be your most authentic choices. You might make some pretty impulsive decisions. And so like, the groundedness of setting yourself up in that way. And it's not as painful as you think, right? Like I love what Michelle said about the way we planned for my um, annual payments, right? Like we planned out what is three months total savings. Let's say it's $15,000. Okay. If I want to have that three to six months savings and I want to save that up in two years time, right? Like let's really be responsible about that. So if I want to save $15,000 in two years time, I think that's like, well, 1300 bucks a month. Like even that's high, I think. But you know, if we save that, that's actually like a really big number that I just came up with. <laughs> but um, you know, you guys can do that, but you don't have to do that all at once. You don't have to do that in big chunks. It's actually something that you budget in. And this is that planning, like, you know, another evidence of your money mastery working or in process is that you can forward plan. A lot of us will forward plan for a vacation right? We'll, we'll forward plan for, uh, you know, that TV or whatever, or maybe we just again, swipe it or whatever. But when we're forward planning for our, our true future, I mean, unmatched, is there anything you'd love to add about that, Michelle? I think what I took from what you were saying is if you're in that situation where you've just lost your job and you don't have any cushion to fall back on, you do, you make, you make choices from a place of emergency, you know, getting food on the table. You may take the next job that comes along just so that you can have food on the table. And maybe that's the worst job for you. Mm -hmm. um, but I think having that cushion allows you to make decisions that are more aligned with your values and um, just smarter choices. So mm -hmm. yeah, and forward planning. I mean, oh, it's, it's just, again, all I see is just wait falling off of your shoulders yes. in all those instances, you know, it's just the a level of anxiety is so much lower when you have a backup plan. Yeah. So, so spot on. And, and then again, you know, as we, the, the four, um, the evidence of it working is it's there, it's having that savings, paying down debt, sticking to a plan that the anxiety just falling off of your shoulders board planning and the three to six month savings. Like if you're doing that, you, my dear, are mastering your money. You are doing what there is to do. You're taking all of this coaching, you're running with it. And it leads to, um, it leads to, like I mentioned before, I said, I didn't know I would have a new anxiety 
once I surpassed a certain goal, right? And so I think it's really important to, as we begin to wrap up this series, is is kind of mention that as you grow, you're going to face new challenges. And especially when you arrive at places you've never been, you're definitely going to face new challenges. And I do, and I don't like the statement, new level, new devil, but like new level, new gremlin, like it just shows up like you're old or outdated or historic relationship with money will represent itself at each new level, but that's not a bad or sad thing. It's just something important to recognize. So I have this belief that had been ingrained in me from childhood is like, don't get too excited calm down because like, I'm a very excitable young gal. Like, and, and it's carried with me through, like, I'm just high energy. And so I get amped up about my goals, my dreams and things manifesting. And, you know, I grew up in a world where the other shoe's going to drop. Don't get so excited. It's going to fall apart. Like this isn't going to work forever. And so I would, you know, get to a certain level in my finances and I'd be like, when is this going to get effed up? When am I going to have this huge emergency that wipes out my bank account? Like, I was kind of looking and fearing that. And and so I had to not just uh, up-level my finances. I had to up-level my capacity for my finances. I had to be okay with having $10,000 in the bank and not needing to like, (laughs) somebody take this, get rid of it. Or where does it need to go, right? Like it can just be there. And so I had to up-level my mindset, again, the relationship with money, and just really take a new level of like responsibility with not more money, more problems, more money, more responsibility, more opportunity, more budgeting, more uh, figuring. And uh, Michelle, I'd just love to you know, t- hand it over to you. What do you see inside of this, what there is to do when we really are operating functionally? I think there's always going to be that next level of maybe obstacles or blocks. And you know, once you start breaking through those blocks, then you'll have the tools to break through the next one and the next one Mm. and the next one. I think it's the natural progression. It's not like you're never going to have any money blocks ever again because you've done this work to begin with. There's always new levels of blocks and money issues that come along. But um, by doing the work, you're giving yourself the tools to address each new level as they come along. And the nice part is you know, once you have that cushion to fall back on, at least you're addressing that block with a new or different approach. It may be a different anxiety or, or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be as difficult as when you're doing it from that complete scarcity mindset. Now, now at least you're at the next level of um, not a scarcity level, you're at a, a an abundance level. And so managing those blocks and breaking through them becomes easier and easier as you move along. So it's a progression. It is. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I really love what you shared about it. It's not that you won't have or have another money emergency or that times get tough. It's that you have the tools, the skills, the mindset, and the capacity to just get right back on the horse. And so I think that's such a powerful place as we begin to wrap up this whole concept, this whole series, because no matter what the circumstance looks like, you can live empowered and you can live unleashed and you can have, you can extend that beyond your being or beyond your family or your immediate circle. And so, um, Michelle, is there anything you'd love to say to our listeners as we begin to wrap up this money mindset series? I just would encourage people to, you know, take the first step, take the first step, look at where you're at and start to do the work to get yourself in a better money situation. Start to master your money instead of allowing it to master you. Um, because it, it can really change all aspects of your life. I mean, if you think about it, there's not one area of your life where money doesn't play some role. So if you get to a place where you're mastering your money, so many other aspects of your life are going to improve as well. So it's worth the hard work. It really is. And it is for everybody. It's not just for somebody who already has money. It's for everybody. It really is. That's so perfect and so beneficial and so helpful. And and you have been so helpful and you have been so helpful in my life. 
You have been so helpful on this podcast series. You are being so helpful in this course that we're running, the Money Mastery course. I am just so grateful for you. I'd love to, I'd love to publicly acknowledge you. So if you don't mind me just smothering you in love, Michelle, you have saved my life. You have saved my sanity. You have saved my business. I am beyond grateful for you. And it's the heart that you have, the generosity, the patience, the grace, the understanding, the faith, the light, like you are all that and more. You're that for me. And I am absolutely honored to have you as not a guest, like this is our podcast now. This is our series and it's our course. And I love being in partnership with you. And I love just being your friend. And I just want to thank you for who you are and what you shared and the way you showed up for this series, for our listeners, uh, for our participants, our students. And so just thank you for bringing your whole heart into this work and to share your gift. Oh, well, thank you. I love what I do. I love working with people. You know, I think what I love about it is teaching people that it doesn't have to be so scary. It really doesn't. Um, There's tools that you can use to get rid of that anxiety around money. And honestly, Abigail, you did all the hard work. I mean, I just held your hand or... I, you know what I feel like? I feel like I was the one to wrap the coat around you while you were standing naked in Times Square. You know, <laughs> I just, I just wrapped the warm coat around you and kind of walked you to the side and, and helped you, you know, helped you along the way. That's, that's what I'm here for. And that's, that's what I, I love to do. There's nothing better than getting the text like I got from you the other day. Like, Hey, guess what? My taxes are X, Y, Z. And I have no problem making that payment. And there wasn't that anxiety, that vibration is gone. And that is so rewarding to me. So I'm happy to help. And you guys, if you would love to meet Michelle, work with Michelle, please head to michelleschween.com. You could also check in the show notes for her website and how to connect with her. But you guys, this work is available to you. Support is available to you. Even if it's not her, she could point you in the right direction. She can offer you tons of resources. So be sure to stay tuned in as we continue through the Hearts Unleashed podcast and we continue to teach emotional intelligence. But thank you a million times, a million dollars over for showing up to the Money Mindset series. We hope that the support your money mindset growth, your healing, your relationship with money. And we really do hope that you shared these episodes with your friends, with your family, with the people that you care about. We would love to make an impact, a positive impact and help create momentum in people's money game, their money situations and lives. And um, just in case you haven't, head over to iTunes or head over to Facebook. We have a Hearts Unleashed fan page where you can give us a five-star review. Let us know what you thought about this Money Mindset series. Be sure to share the episodes and all the fun things. Thank you so much for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.